Hey, J&J. Thank you again. Got my husky fully off-leash trained around mm. the craziest of distractions. Nice. Perfect heel off-leash around dog parks. Yep. Don't go in because no chance. Yep. Wanted to tell you because F the bullshit husky groups that say a husky can't be off-leash yeah. trained. Yeah. So they all say, we hear that a lot that a husky can't be off-leash trained. All that means is that they can't. The members of that group cannot train the dog to be off-leash. That's all that means. We have trained, let's see, in my career of 20 years, I've probably trained hmm, maybe just 100, so not, not a huge amount, but 100 huskies to be off-leash trained. Pretty much every husky that I've got my hands on that have, that have hired me. Um, but a husky can be off-leash trained. A beagle can be off-leash trained. Mm-hmm. All these dogs that are sight hounds, um, and hounds. you know, all, all these dogs that like use their nose, use their eyesight to chase things or to, to track, you know, they can all be bloodhound, you know, they can all be off-leash trained. They all can do recall. Every one of them, every one of them. You just have to know how to do it. So all that is, is code for lack of skill set. That's all that means. Next. Hey, we're live. How's everybody going? How's everybody doing? Stopping by to give thanks. Continuing education for dog owners and trainers is mandatory. Grateful. Awesome. Dogs just stop doing bad shit. It's incredible. And then you get to start training your dog. Hey everybody, how are you? It's Jeff Gelman of Salmon Canine Training and the wonderful Joelle. Just back from jet skiing. That's why we had to start a little bit late. So we look a little bit oh, reddish. It's all because of the jet ski. Anyway, hope everyone's doing fantastic. This is the What Would Jeff Do show. It's a Q&A show. We're on every Wednesday and Friday, historically at 6 p.m. Um, and it's a Q&A show where you will ask your questions. You type in your questions. Joelle reads them. And then I will answer them. Um, if you've never seen a show before, it's punishment heavy, meaning most people ask how to stop, how to stop, how to stop. Um, and the only way to stop an unwanted behavior is through the application of a punisher. You can call it a correction. They're the same thing. Even though people love to argue about that so they're blue in the face, it is the same thing. You can also call it an, an, can call it an intolerable circumstance, consequence, I mean. But you cannot call it a reward. You also don't redirect. You also don't ignore it. So rewarding, redirecting, and ignoring are all re positive reinforcers, which will increase the dog's unwanted behavior. Therefore, when you're trying to eliminate a behavior, why would you do that? Also, people should know we do a ton of reward-based training. That's how we get dogs to actually do obedience. You can actually use an e-cower to do reward-based training. Um, which some people don't realize. You would also use an e-cower to help with anxiety and fear, which a lot of people don't realize either. But after 20 years and 10,000 dogs, we have figured out fantastic ways to use a remote collar. It's a wonderful way to have, communicate with your dog. Um, we just announced two seminars. We've got uh, one in San Jose coming up. We've got one in New Jersey coming up, and there will be more. We just started doing it. So if you have a place to host a seminar, let me know. Just send me an email, jeff at solidcaninetraining.com. Um, you can go to Jeff Kelman Seminars to see the seminars. We also have something called the Mastermind coming up, which is a seven-day seminar. And then we also have a Inner Circle coming up. And I think Joel put links to all those things. Um, and then we'll talk more about our Patreon channel later. But let's get right into the questions. So what do we got, Joel? <clears throat> let's see. Miguel said, first one today. Oh, Jeff, can wait for you to come to San Jose no. next year? What is the difference between reactivity and aggression? There's a huge difference. You can so aggression is intent to harm. That's 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 aggression. Intent to harm. Even though no biting is acceptable, dogs like you know hunting you down and you know there's predatory aggression. You know, but any biting is not good. Um, but reactivity has not anything to do with aggression. It literally has nothing to do with aggression at all. You can have a happy-go-lucky dog that loves cats, dogs, chickens, people, including children, and be highly leash-reactive. That does not mean they are, they are aggressive at all. And it also doesn't mean the dog doesn't know heel. And making teaching the dog a better heel does not stop leash reactivity. These are all things that the marketplace is very confused about. But these are the facts. Everything I just stated was fact. 
people can disagree with it. People can have a different opinion about it, but facts don't care about, you know, your feelings. So these are the facts. Um, it's interesting how people, well, dog trainers argue about everything, but a reactive dog is not an aggressive dog. So just think about that. There are many dogs that go to doggy daycare. They hang out with kids all day long, including your kids of your uh, uh, friends of your, your own children. They get along with all humans, all dogs, cats, but they're leash reactive. We see it all the time. Mm -hmm. It's not aggression. I assure you, it's not. Oh my God, but the dog looks mean. I'm like, it's because it's barking and lunging. I know. That's why it's called leash reactivity. But it is not aggression. Teaching your dog how to have a better heel will not stop leash reactivity. How do we know? Because we teach fantastic heels and dogs can still be leash reactive. Therefore, it is not connected. You also have dogs that don't even heal. They just walk on a leash mm -hmm. five feet in front of their owners and they're not leash reactive. Therefore, what does that have to do with it? Nothing, zero. So that's, that's the short answer, next. That was short. Skeletor, hey guys, hope all is well. Maligator chasing the tail. How do I stop it and how would you stop it? So I would stop it on a remote collar at high. So there's a wonderful um, dog trainer in New Zealand. I've shared this story many times. She was at my Australian seminar, which I am not banned from the country, except for right now because of my vaccination status. I don't believe I can go in there because I'm not vaccinated. So until they change their barbaric rules, which don't help anybody, including public health, I will not be going there. Not because I'm banned. I'm banned from no country at all um, for dog training. So, because that's just what people say I am with Salai. So this is the thing. I was at the seminar. She came over from New Zealand and she had a bull terrier that for seven years had chased its tail. Seven. She went to numerous dog trainers, numerous behaviorists, tried numerous drugs, and nothing worked for seven years. So I said to her, have you ever tried a remote collar? She said, no. Remote collars are not held in high regards in Australia or New Zealand, but they work. Parts of Australia have outlawed them. That doesn't mean, you know, there's women that can't drive in certain countries. You can't be gay in certain countries. That doesn't mean that it's right or wrong. So... I said, your dog chases the tail, say no, give your dog a high level correction. How high? High enough for your dog to go, I don't want that to happen again, so I will avoid discomfort, therefore I will connect chasing of the tail to the discomforts. And after one correction, I stopped tail chasing. This is just one example of numerous, after seven years. And everybody said it would make it worse. Like, how can you make tail chasing worse after seven years? I guess by allowing it to go to eight. So everybody else's advice would have made it worse. It did make it worse. That doesn't mean I'm a great trainer. It just means that, like, we have protocols for everything. Next. Carissa, how do you motivate, lure, and shape behaviors for a 10-week-old doodle puppy who has nearly no interest in her kibble? Also, for puppy biting, I'm not having success with pressing my thumb down in her mouth. Maybe still not firm enough. Yeah. I've waited until she is squirming and whining, but it only lasts for a few minutes before the biting starts again. Maybe try bonking instead. Yeah. So what I would do is I would say no and bonk. And yes, you can bonk a puppy. All right? If a puppy can bite you, you can bonk a puppy. Say no. Wait. There's something called the latency period. Wait a second. And then... Deploy, and you don't have to throw it. You can actually just hold, keep it in your hand. So we stop puppy biting really, really quick. If they perceive it as a game, they will increase it. They'll increase the biting. As far as luring and shaping, which we do a lot of, um, as well as just basic you know, food reward training, where you don't use the dog's daily kibble, don't feed the dog out of its bowl. That is how the dog is eating. So if the dog is on, say, one cup of food, just to give an example, take one cup of food, put it in a pouch, and that's how the dog eats through obedience work. So the dog will be hungry. You're not, you're not starving the dog, but the dog is eating through the work. And that's what you do. Next. Sawblade Entertainment. Does the Greener graduate talk on how to prevent excessive barking before the dog learns to do it? I think I know, but more tips, the better. 
Um, the, the Green New Graduate is more of a proactive um, from a, from a, the Green New Graduate is one of our programs on our, on our paid platform. Um, Charles going to probably put the link up right now. And what it is, is it's, we took a green dog that didn't even know its name and turned it into an off-leash dog. We did it in 10 days, big deal. We're dog trainers, but you can do it in, you can do it in a month. Most, most your average dog owners. As far as preventing dog training, no, it doesn't teach that specifically, but you you have to wait till the dog barks to correct it. That's how you stop um, barking. So you can use a remote collar, you can use a bonker, you can use a leash pop. Mm. Usually dogs are barking far away from you though. So that's why um, a, a remote collar is good. Next. Okay, let's see. Jay Farm, hey J and J, thank you again. Got my husky fully off leash trained around mm. the craziest of distractions. Nice. Perfect heel off leash around dog parks. Yep. Don't go in because no chance. Yep. Wanted to tell you because f the bullshit husky groups that say a husky can't be off leash yeah. trained. Yeah. So they all say. We hear that a lot that a husky can't be off leash trained. All that means is that they can't. The members of that group cannot train the dog to be off leash. That's all that means. We have trained. Let's see, in my career of 20 years, I've probably trained hmm, maybe just 100, so not, not a huge amount, but 100 Huskies to be off-leash trained. Pretty much every Husky that I've got my hands on that have, that have hired me. Um, but a Husky can be off-leash trained. A Beagle can be off-leash trained. Mm-hmm. All these dogs that are sight hounds. Um, and you know, all, all these dogs that like use their nose, use their eyesight to chase things or to, to track, you know, they can all be bloodhound, you know, they can all be awfully trained. They all can do recall. Every one of them, every one of them, you just have to know how to do it. So all that is, is covert for lack of skill set. That's all that means. Next. Sid, is it possible to stop anxiety at a client's home? Owner thinks the behavior is environmental. I can try, but not a one and done, as you know. Yeah, I mean, you can. It is environmental, but you you can still. We stop anxiety at people's homes through boarding train. So not at the home. Why? Because that can take some time. There's a lot of moving parts to that. So you can do a combination of you do obedience. You do high, higher level of obedience. You do consequentials, consequential um, things for breaking of obedience commands. You do state of mind work. You do um, uh, confidence building work. You get the dog to learn how to be calm on command. Um, uh, and then you pass that on to the owner. And then now the dog understands what is expected of it. So if they are being anxious, you can actually correct the dog out of anxiety. And that's another thing that people struggle with is like, so you're shocking my already anxious dog. I'm like, sure, that's what we're doing. But what we're doing is we're teaching that dog to a series of uh, training events that being anxious is not acceptable. And they learn really, really quick. Next. Jeff, hey, Jeff, love the shirt. Can you touch on the importance of going from continuous rewarding to variable rewards? Um, I mean, it's a pretty simple concept once you feel the dog understands it. And the issue of constantly rewarding a dog and never actually even eliminating rewards and going to correction for noncompliance of a known command is the dog will only do it for, for food or whatever that reward is. Um, the goal is that once you've done your reps, so if you're doing continuous rewarding, just do variable rewarding by just like re- reward variably. And if a dog absolutely positively knows it, then you wait, you know, give the dog a chance to figure it out. If, then you can correct them. You know, if you say, here's a great, how do you know if your dog knows a command? Tell your dog to down. If it doesn't down, reach in your pocket or treat pouch or sweatshirt, you know, pocket. If that dog flies to a down, well, it thinks you're getting it a reward and it goes to a down. Therefore, it thinks it's getting paid. Therefore, it knows the command. Therefore, it can be corrected for noncompliance. Or you'll have a dog that always needs to be rewarded and will never work in the real world. Next. Ashley, good evening on this fine, hot AF night. Hope all is well. It is so hot today. Yeah, today was a hot one. It was a real hot and one. We were, we were jet skiing on the ocean today, and um, the water was really warm. 
Yeah. Ashley also said, I think a lot of folks don't see that dog training is so much more about our owners. Been counseling so much lately on family issues. Yeah. I mean, we're in the people business. Mm -hmm. So we're in the people business. The dynamic of the household has a lot to do with it. And there's a lot of dog trainers out there that are that bitch and complain about owners. It's like, you know what? You should then work at a large dog training facility, train dogs, and don't work with the public then. But if you want to actually make a really good living and help lots and lots of people, you need to set boundaries, learn how to work with the public, but you also can pre-screen your clients, which we do. There's people that we won't work with. And it's not because of their dogs. It's because they're not ready for us. Because we, after 20 years, like, I know what's, who's going to work and who's not going to work. And I don't want someone to pay for a service where I know they're not going to be successful because I can sort of tell. Have I been wrong? Yes, we've been wrong. There's people that we were like on the fence with. We took them in and they kicked ass. Vice versa. There's people that were all on board. We got the feeling they were all on board and they, they totally slacked. But the dynamic is, you know, everybody in the household has to be on board. I've done many, many videos about this. A lot of couples struggle with this. And it's usually not a dog training issue. It's a marriage counseling issue. You know, there's a lot of families. There's a lot of parents that don't know how to freaking parent. It's like, you know, your kids are doing things they're not supposed to do. Well, that's a parenting fail. It's not a dog training issue. Next. Riley, I have a six-year-old male pit mix that has yet to show any signs of dog aggression. Mm. But with that being said, I've always played it safe by only letting him walk and play with female dogs his size or bigger. I recently started walking him with my sister's two-year-old male mini Australian shepherd mm -hmm. and all as well. As we get closer to letting them interact, what body language, tail wag should I look out for while monitoring? So, he has a solid out. It's just sometimes difficult for me to tell the signs. Yeah, I think... I know those pities, man. They, like, freeze up. I, I think, well, freezing in... I know, but a lot of the pities, right. they freeze, and then they play. The pre-play, yeah. It's like, it's like I know dogs that do, will stalk, and then, like, girl, will mm -hmm. stalk, and then play. Mm -hmm. There's dogs that... I've never seen a dog go from a play bout to a fight, but I'm sure it's happened. The problem with body language is it's it's subjective mm -hmm. that that everybody has a different interpretation of it. So with sometimes a lot of people see like we get comments all the time that oh the dog is stressed and I'm like well maybe but is that bad? You know um, you don't you know getting you know getting sober is not a non-stressful event. And what I, why I say that is because when you take a dog that's dis, a dysfunctionally messed up dog, both in behavior and mental stability, and they've had practiced unwanted behaviors, and you're trying to actually you know, work them on not just obedience, but on behavior modification, it's very, very stressful. So of course the dog is stressed. When you have a dog that right now it just thundered. So when you have a dog that normally when it thunders, hides underneath the couch. Well, if I keep that dog on a leash and I reinforce a downstay when it thunders, I don't expect the dog to not be stressed. So the problem with, with that is you're going to get your armchair dog trainers that are going to tell you how mean and bad that is. And I'm like, no, the dog hiding under the couch is not fair to the dog. Um, Cause if the couch wasn't there, that could be something else. Um, as far as body language, a lot of that goes to gut. Well, that goes to gut. But the biggest thing is you've got a good solid out, which is really, really good. So you can role play that a lot. You can do just hanging out to an out, light play to an out, start feeling more safe, and then just play it by ear. But guess what? You might totally fuck up and end up in a dog fight, or you might be playing it too safe and you don't need to. Next. J Farm, only problems I'm having is that the Husky likes to go under the couch, probably make it suck, right? And my Aussie is honestly perfect off-leash. Only problem I'm having is he's a tad fearful and isn't very crazy about toys. I'm trying to get him to be more drivey with fetch and stuff. Advice? Well, we don't actually teach fetch, but there's tons of people that do. Try the flirt pull, number one, to increase, you know, you can get some, some driviness out of the dog. Um, but there's tons of people that teach a forced fetch and then an unforced fetch. Um, so you, you're going to probably want to do, um, that's weird. You're probably going to want to, um, talk to people. I think in, you just hit a button and like made something pop up. Oh, I just took it sitting like this. Maybe I did. Mm -hmm. Maybe I did this. Um, 
there's tons of people there that out there that that, that, that teach it. Um, was there another part of that question? Husky likes to go under the couch. Oh, well, if you don't want your husky under the couch, which from a cleaning fur standpoint, I wouldn't. Um, you can actually have the dog on a leash and then actually a combination of leash pressure and remote pressure. You can you can tell your dog to, you know, get out from under the couch next. Julie Starnes. Hello, Jeff and Joelle. Love you. Hey, Julie. Hey, Julie. How are you? Love, Love you, too. too. Oh, Jeff's doing um, okay. Skeletor said, LOL. Thanks. You're welcome. Rico, what is your opinion for anxiety? Cilio gel mucosa product? Thanks. I don't have any opinion on that because I don't know what that is. So I couldn't give you my opinion. Um, we historically, 99.99% of the time, just do it through dog training. So I'm not anti-drug but or anti-herb, um, if this falls in the herb category. Um, but... Uh, we tend to eliminate anxiety through our behavior modification program. Next. Laura, <clears throat> hi, Joelle and Jeff. Saw the live on Facebook this morning. Jeff was so calm and collected, no ranting. Is it Joelle that brings it out? No, actually, that's how I am. That is my normal behavior, just to let you know. So the show is um. not my normal behavior. So Joelle brings this out of me. So I'm the bad influence. Not she's not a bad influence at all. We just have a fun time. Yeah. You know what I mean? So that cool, calm, and collected, that's actually who I am. That's me. Anybody that knows me, that's me. So it's true. Um, I, I think it's seminars, I'm a little bit out of control. The podcast, I'm a lot out of control. But you know, in everyday life, that's that's you know, the guy that homeschools his his son the, the picks him up from camp in his bare feet. You know, I can't believe you walked in there barefoot today. I'm like, you're officially like the hippie dad. I do that all the time. With the long hair and bare feet picking up your child from camp. <laughs> like, who does that? You're just walking through the parking lot with no shoes on in your Florida shirt and your pink shorts. You're like the hippie dad. I didn't have pink shorts on. I had my bathing suit on. Whatever. Next. Carrie, help with addressing submissive urination, five-month-old healer, potty trained and crate trained. All training is going great with me, but he pees when my husband and young adult son come home or approach him. Mm. He doesn't do it with me or the younger kids, even when excited. So, so it's not a UTI. So what I would do is I'd role play it. You can also talk to a lawyer about a divorce. And that takes care of the husband. And then so if the son's old enough for military camp, you know, send the son away to military camp. That's a good alternative. Might be Divorce might, reason makes the dog pee too much. Right, exactly. I think what we do is this. We historically don't address excitement, nervous, fear, pee. We just put the dog into our really structured training program. Um, and... It just goes away. It just goes away. Carrie said, love it. Thanks. <laughs> She's on board. <laughs> oh, is that who asked, asked the question? Yeah. So, um, I, I, I mean, that's, that's, I'm not the pee guy unless I'm in Amsterdam and then I pay extra, you know, I tip big. But I think, <laughs> I, I think that, that we just find that it goes away. Trust me, we have, this is like one of the big frustrations, actually. We, we hate pee and poo stuff yeah. um, uh, you really try to be creative with your training to eliminate it you know i mean the problem is, is because if the dog doesn't normally pee and you get excited then the dog pees you know um so um we've just found that through lots of structure um and what you can do is role play um maybe an outside to, for starters Maybe get your husband and son to work the dog as well. You know, that's what I would. That's what I would suggest. But I'm I'm not the best one to ask about those questions. Next, Carissa. Yeah, I told the owner to only feed the puppy through training. Hopefully, her food motivation has improved by tomorrow's second session. Yeah, yeah. I mean, a lot of people feel bad though because they're like, but the puppy's not eating enough. I mean, like small meals throughout the day. Why not? Calories are calories. Next. 
Cola and Jack's dog growls at guests, even on plays, continues to do so despite leave it command and prong and e-collar correction. Mm. Not high enough stim or switch to something else. Well, I wouldn't say leave it. Um, I, have, I, have a, I have a hard time with leave it. They're just words where I really shouldn't worry about it too much. But for some reason, I just see the general public use leave it for everything. Like, you know. They're about to go eat shit. Leave it. The dog candy wrapper. Leave it. They're 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 approaching another. They're barking at a barking at another dog. Leave it. The issue is that it it works. The dog doesn't eat the poop. The dog doesn't pick up the wrapper. The dog stops growling. So why should I really care? I think I care because owners are. It's, it sounds like more of a suggestion than an absolute. When growling should be a no. Maybe that's what my hang-up is. You should never eat poop, never be picking up candy wrappers, and never be growling. So I would be like, no, and then correct. Um, and is it high enough? If the dog continues to do it, then it's not, not then it's definitely not high enough on this or anything else. Next. Um, Tatjana said, just sending love to you from Serbia. Oh, hey, Serbia. How's it going? J Farm, oh my God, also. So sorry for all the questions. Ozzy also drools in the car. Used to puke before, trying to figure out how to fix it. Mm, I assume e-collar, but I'm not sure the procedure. Well, you know, drooling sometimes is challenging, but the the dog is overly aroused. The dog is stressed, which is, you know, I have no problem with dogs being stressed. I want to stop them from being stressed, but I mean, that's part of the, the journey we're on. I think that, what I would do is have that dog in the downstay with its head down. And we have a video um, that shows you how we do a double down. And unlike um, our haters who say we blast dogs at 100, for some reason in the video, it says you're using low numbers. And we actually demonstrate in the video how we do it. You can't get much better than actual video proof. Like, it's like it's right there. All people have to do is look at the video, watch, watch the video. So I think that's that's what's really, really interesting. I think that's why I've got so, – so that's how you would do it. That's how you would do it. You get the dog into a double down. I think that's probably why I don't believe what I see and read unless I was actually there because people make up shit, and by the time it gets back to somebody, it might be the – third or fourth or fifth person it's gone through and every little time it's changed or people jump on they'll hear something from someone and then they'll jump on it without even doing any even the slightest research that there is um so that's what because it's thrown at me so much you know i've been at the end of that so much so i think that's why i'm skeptical a lot of stuff that's when people say can you comment on this like for some of you don't like i would never comment on this like, why would I comment on this? It's like, I'm not there. I don't know the, all the situation. I don't know what the dog's issues are. So no, I won't comment on it. And even if I did, I still wouldn't comment on it because I'm not there. Next. Okay. J Farm also said, so sorry about all the questions. I can just ask on Zoom. I'm joining Patreon tonight. Yeah. So ask on fucking Zoom. Okay. <clears throat> Stop using up all of our time, J Farm. Oh, God. You can ask as many questions as you want, buddy. Lori, do you train all dogs the same way, no matter what the breed? Uh, well, let's back that up a little bit. Back it up. Okay. Breed doesn't matter. And everyone will say it does. No. Dog training, all dogs are trained with dog training. Let's just put that out there. Now, what is this dog training thing? This dog training thing is we reward for what we want. We correct for what we don't want. Okay, so now we're peeling back layers here. So, but if I've got a drivey lab and a drivey shepherd and a drivey um, shih tzu, yeah, they're probably going to look very, very similar. If I've got a nervous, fearful lab, shepherd, shih tzu, yeah, it's those are going to look similar, not to the driviness ones, to, 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 those, to that family of nervous, fearful. So the breed doesn't matter as much as the behavior. Stopping biting with dogs, I don't care what breed you are, I don't care if you're nervous or fearful or drivey, that's gonna look the same. I'm gonna make it really suck for you to bite. That's the same. 
But as far as the obedience stuff, finding a powerful motivator to want to do a behavior and finding a powerful motivator to not want to do a behavior, that's the art. That's the art. So dog training actually can be simplified a lot more than it actually is. But when so, you know, do we train all dogs the same? No, we don't. Do we train dogs with dog training? Yes, we do. And it's really, really important because a lot of times people will say every dog needs to be trained different. So I'm like, so there's how many different breeds of dogs? Do you have to train every one of those dogs differently? It's like, no, you don't. No, you don't at all. In fact, most of our advice works on 90 plus percent of all dogs. So then there's the troubleshooting factor of it. And then there's little tweaks that you've got to do. Now we're pet dog trainers. So, you know, we're finding that we've got a recipe for nervous, fearful, shutdown dogs. We have a recipe for aggressive dogs. So, but does that ever change? Of course it does. That's the art of dog training. Next. Um, Sid said, yes, I'd rather have board and train to be successful because all of the moving parts involved. I just don't want the owner to think it's about the money. Well, tell them that. Literally tell them that. Say, I'd rather you not even spend the money on a one-on-one at all. And mm-hmm. they make a bunch of free videos that can help them. Here, here's free, here's free advice. But from one hour a week, it's not going to work. Next. Sid also said getting my share of biting dogs currently. Yeah. That's a lot, always there's, fun. There's, a, there's a lot of biting dogs out there. Too many. Yep. Too many because a lot of them are biting from a very young age. We're keeping them alive. A lot of them have been going through trainers. A lot of this force-free bullshit and a lot of these reward-based trainers, which is fine. We reward-based train too. But you don't take your biting dog to them. They can't stop it. They say they can, but they don't. Next. Laura said, you look like you're having fun at these lives. Um, well, the podcasts are different than the lives. The lives, she's probably talking about the live I did this morning about the, um, you can watch it. It's on. Um, she did watch it. Or she did watch it. Yeah. So she's the one who said you were so calm. Oh, oh, okay. Got it. Yeah. I mean, I have fun all the time educating people. So, but I'm, but my calmness, my demeanor is sort of how I am. That was him being in teacher mode. So when I'm, when I'm on, when I go on a rant, I'm not like that when I work with dogs. Absolutely not. I'm not like that when I work with clients. Absolutely not. Um, when I'm doing a seminar in front of groups of people, I look at it as almost like being on stage. Yes. I'm more theatrical, more like exuberance when I'm on this show and I get passionate about a certain subject I've been known to fucking go off the fucking rocker with a lot of F-bombs and um, a lot of, you know, just you know, sometimes some parts of the show are just like, you also you know, gotta, like, you got to read the room. Some of our clients, like um, I base it off them. If they're swearing, I'm like, well, I'm swearing too. <laughs> it really just depends. Yeah. <laughs> uh, let's see. Top chat. 199. It's actually a super sticker. Oh. I didn't even know that was a thing. Something new. It's, it's new. It's, it's YouTube. From Michelle. Yeah, thank you, Michelle. YouTube does top chats and super stickers. Cola and Jack said, you guys are awesome. Thanks so much for doing these Q&As and Real Talks. Yeah, thank you. Yeah, we're, we're due for another Real Talk this weekend. Mm. Um, you know, we should probably maybe talk more about this whole thing that I was nice and calm about today. This, what? This this. This dog that like the whole. We're gonna do a whole real talk on it, though. Maybe, maybe, maybe I'd like to hear your you know input on it, maybe. Mm. or something. Yeah, we'll figure out something. Maybe we'll put up a sticker tomorrow with a questionnaire. What do you want the next real talk to be on? Ooh, yeah, let's yeah. do that. Should we give them choices or leave it open ended? Can leave it open ended. Mm-hmm. Carrie said, "Love it, thanks, Paula." My shepherd did the pee thing until seven months, then stopped. Yeah, sometimes they just you know. Mm-hmm. Awful. Just, historically, the behaviors. They don't go away on themselves. Some pee stuff just organically just stops. But in the meantime, it's a pain in the ass. I'd rather have a biting dog than a pissing dog. Mm-hmm. Kehau, aloha, Jeff and Joel. Hey, hey Kehau. Aloha. 
Deanna. Hey, Jeff and Joelle, thanks for always being there for all of us. I had to share the video of my kids with Kronos. It's so nice to see them interact without the fear of him biting. Was that the video we got this week? Yeah, he yeah. really seems like the adjustment to just being a pet. His obedience has gotten so much better with little to no stim recently. Yeah, so awesome. the video you sent was really, really nice on a lot of levels. You can see the connection. Um, if you want us to publicly put it up, we can, um, but we never DMs, we always ask permission. Um, but you can really see the comfort factor of the children with the dog and the dog with the kids. Um, really, really nice, uh, heartwarming video. Next. Carrie, I've had them change how they approach him. I've made them girly and ignore. So pronouns don't change your sex. Just remember that. Next. Aussie dog said howdy from Australia. Hey, Australia. We'll be back. I've been getting a lot of folks from Australia saying, when are you coming back? And I'm like... Uh, I've always wanted to go to Australia, but I don't know anymore. The coast is really nice. I mean, Australia is beautiful. Yeah. I went to a great noodle shop in Sydney. Um, there's a great trainer there that I've that I that I meet up with. The Gold Coast is nice. Um, I was up in Cairns up north. Um, I just love that damn Australian accent. Well, you can find that anywhere, you know. Not jump, really. Jump on, jump on Tinder, you can find it. So. <laughs> it's true. I met a lot of Australians in Hawaii, actually. Yeah. yeah. Well, that's a that's a big vacation spot. Mm. Yeah. Next. Miguel says you look like a slim gym. That is not nice, Miguel. What the fuck's a slim gym? Like the meat stick. <laughs> Which I don't understand that at all. Okay, you do look red on camera, but you don't look red in real life. I told you the lighting's really bad tonight. Mm -hmm. We both look red, but we're not red. Mm -mm. Could be the lighting. You look like a meat stick. <laughs> a stick of meat. Okay, Vicky. Sorry, my question was cut off. The grandkids got scared. Outside of the pool, she is great. Uh, with the kids, what can I do to stop her overexcited behavior? Or in the pool? I guess so. Well, I mean, over arousal, you can actually correct over arousal. You can do, um, you can, uh, um, bonk the dog. You can do a uh, remote collar correction. You can actually also work on impulse control, have the dog in place, have the dog in the down. There's a couple of videos that went up last week with January's kids. Mm -hmm. And it was last week that they went up. Yeah. Um, with January's kids and um, Joel's going to put together this. If you're not on our Instagram stories, there's a lot of great stuff on Instagram stories. I think Joel's going to put a little compilation just to. Like, well, I want together. you to do a video on that dog who is guarding children. Cause that's mm. some interesting All shit. Right. We can do that tomorrow if you want to. Okay. Michelle also gave us $5 top chat. She said, do you mind trainers sending your YouTube videos to their clients? Australia is great. I'm Aussie dogs. So of course not. Um, a lot of clients share our videos. A lot of clients actually work with a lot of trainers work with clients and they actually suggest they buy the green to graduate just as like an accessory to the, to the training. The only downfall I will tell you is that a lot of my, we might have different training styles, wordage, verbiage. Um, and there's also a good amount of people, um, Aussie dog that don't like me. Um, especially in, in the AU. So what, what I would be really careful about is because, oh, you're friends with this guy, you like this guy. Now that's, it all depends on how strong your convictions are. You can say to people, I'm gonna send you this guy's video because the information there is correct. If you don't like this person, because some people don't like how I deliver the message, but the message is good. Um, also there's people that have preconceived um, perceptions of me. So I'm aware, well aware of that. So it could hurt you more than help you. But that also can weed out people that just can't handle the truth as well. Next. Heather, hello again from Alaska. Thanks for hosting these Q&A lives. I love your no-frills ideology that encourages clear and direct communication between mm. dog and handler. So who's that, Heather? <clears throat> from Alaska. Yeah, so Heather, Alaska, we, we did a seminar up in Alaska. Um, we'll be back. Um, so thank you, Heather. That, that I will always be like that as far as no bullshit, no sugarcoating. It, it really um, concerns me all this, the latest fad with like 
the sugar coating, the, we use remote cowers, but on low levels, we like just, just everyone wants to be the nice shot cower person. And it's like, well, how about just being a good dog trainer and like get results and then don't worry about all these like other things that like, why are you trying to portray yourself as anything but a good dog trainer and a good people trainer? It's like, because you're lying to the public. Mm. Don't tell me you're rehabbing aggression on low levels. Like, stop saying it because you're not. You know it and I know it. <sighs> you know, there's people out there that are using, like, they're maxing out collars. And they're like, but that wasn't a correction. And I'm <laughs> like, no, that could be true with a dog in drive. I own a Malinois who blows to 100 when chasing a coyote. So technically, he's not corrected. But if we're just speaking about a hundred that is that that hurts yeah that's very uncomfortable and there is a time and place for that so i'm not one of these don't train with pain people there's a time and place to train with pain and someone might take that sound clip out and they'll start another petition and stand in line there's a lot of them out there um but but it's just like you don't work you must not be working the dogs that we're working because massive amounts of discomfort at a very precise time proceeded with the word no that you activate to the dog with no anger or madness with just a neutral no it's highly effective training to stop some serious unwanted behaviors mm -hmm. next Aussie dog said what do you do when you get to a point your client is sending sending you batshit crazy, non-compliant, and just wants to talk about themselves instead of training. You double your prices. Yeah. You double your prices. and Or you find out what your local therapist, you know, charges, and you charge more because you're also training their dogs. I think it's, that's, Ozzy, was that Aussie dogs? Mm -hmm. Those are boundary issues. So on your part. Those are you not establishing firm boundaries for, for the client-trainer relationship. So you need to say, you know, this is all great, but I would really like to train your dog. So let's stick to dog training. Um, uh, you, need to, you need to lasso that conversation and, and bring it in next. Heidi said, I trained my girl to lose her shit, bark and growl, whatever, at the door and window when I say, get it. Mm. Is this going to mess up my dog mentally by causing confusion and stress? Not if your dog does it on command and not if your dog can stop and not if your dog does not do it when it's not on command. Yeah. It's, it's, no, different than a, it's no different than a bark and hold that they do in sport work. It's no different than a send out to a bite. Um, um, it's, it's no different. I mean... I owned a, a explosive detection dog and she would go into trash cans. You know, she'd open things up, open cabinets up. Um, actually she didn't, she had to sit in front of it because if you open the cabinet up, it could go boom. If it was a real explosive, um, uh, explosive detection dogs are not, they don't want them to open things up. They just sit in front of it and they let the bomb squad in next. Michelle, what do you do when a client? Oh, I already read that one. Katrina. Hi, guys. I had surgery four weeks ago on my ankle, and I'm finally getting back on my two feet. Mm. Good Lord. Frank has taken a bazillion steps backwards. Mm. So frustrating, even trying to coach the dog walkers how to walk him. So my first walk with Frank today, he remembered really quick how to behave on walks. Sure. He wore his e-collar. Crazy how fast they go back to bad behavior. Yeah. They, 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 they're products of their environments. It's like we behave this way at grandma's house, and we behave this way, you know, back home. And I think it's important that you, you know, you just literally like, okay, mom is back. These are the rules. Next. Heidi also said, and then when I say enough, she shuts up. Oh, the dog that she trained, get yeah, it. Yeah, so that's, yeah, that's fine. fine. Yeah. Clarissa, y'all are awesome. Thank you for all the free education. Oh, you're welcome. Yeah. I mean, we've got a lot, lot more to come and we've done a lot. Laura said, you're both a hoot. We try. I like making people laugh. Good old hoot. Sid, thank you, Jeff. That's my thought exactly. I will talk to her. No problem with that at all. I suggested answering emails. We speak. Nice. 
Uh, Deanna said, yes, you can share her video. Yes. And Cola. Oh, and... oh the video of the kids um, by the trampoline. Uh, Cola and Jack, Joelle, do you have ties to Hawaii? You look so familiar from a live Island Dog Obedience did a while ago. So if so, aloha. Looks like you're doing great things. Um, I'm friends with Maria, yeah, and I do visit her. Um, but that's about the only ties to Hawaii I have. <laughs> I love it there. Um, Heather, uh, not sure if you have any recommendations here, but I'm having a rotator cuff repair, sir. Ooh, surgery in October. I do not know how to perform that surgery. And I have a working line Malinois. He goes to work with me three to five days per week as a demo dog. And we train for agility, rally, dock and protection sport. Do you have any suggestions for how to meet his physical needs during winter in Alaska with my arm in a sling? I feel confident I can meet his mental needs during my downtime. I would invest in a slap mill. Dude, chuck it with the other arm. Oh, but it's winter in Alaska. The ball's going to sink. Shit. I would, I would do chuck it. I mean, I'm sorry. You just said chuck it. I would get a slap mill. Literally get a slap mill. Or somebody from your club. It sounds like you're, you belong yeah, to... Yeah, it sounds like you go to... You, you belong to a lot of a club, facility. A club environments. So you can find somebody in your club that can actually, you know, help you. You know, I mean, they can do... They can run them through the agility. They can do the, what you say, dock diving. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so you can just find somebody else to work with. And protection. Yeah, so chances are if he's a working dog, he already knows the routine, another handler mm. can easily, most likely, pick up pick up the slack. Yeah. Kim, kind of an off-the-wall question, but I give my dogs a treat when I leave the house to distract them. Do I need to worry about them choking? Um. No, but I would ask you, what are you trying to distract them from? You leaving? They know you're leaving. They're like, oh, somebody's getting up, going to the cookie jar, picking something out. I bet you someone's going to leave within 10 seconds of me getting this cookie. I can relate to Kim there, though, because that is so my way of thinking, isn't it? I think of absolute, I'll be doing something nice for my dogs and then I'll be like, how could this possibly turn out bad? <laughs> like, <laughs> there have been so many times I've like left the house and for some reason, like, Wes wasn't there from, or was there, like, I'm doing errands and I'll like turn around and I'll be like, did I shut the dryer off? Did I do this? Did I do that? Did I leave the stove on? Like, I'm such a hypochondriac when it comes to like my a dogs. <laughs> I'm like such a worry wart. Yes. So, Kim, I can relate to that. Worry wart in general. Yeah. About things that never manifest. I know. That never matters. Remember in the winter, because I use a wood stove at my house, and I'm like, do I keep Wes at his crate or not? What if there's a fire? Like, and I just ended up taking him with me. I'm like, I'm just not going to leave him home at all. He'll just come with me everywhere all the time. Yeah, but at the house, it has a glass door that locks. I know. So it's like. I know, but I'm like, maybe his chances of survival would be better if he wasn't in a crate. I don't know. Could be. Anyway. So. To answer your question is like, if your dog yeah. has a hard time with you leaving, you can train that. You can train that. Remote collar and a video camera can help you there. Next. Miguel, Miguel says, love you guys. Love you too. Love you too. Even though I'm not going to let you live down that Slim Jim comment for a long time. Probably because I really is it because I look red. Slim Jims are brown though. That's what I don't understand. Oh. <laughs> Right? I mean, it's been a long time since I've eaten a Slim Jim. I'm pretty sure they're I brown. Think, I think the ones that are highly chemical. They're red. I think they're red. Ew. I think when I was growing up. I used to be obsessed with Slim Jims. When I was growing up, they had one kind of Slim Jim. Yeah, it was like the red and yellow right, wrapper. Right. But now I think they've got like. They used to be my favorite. I, mean, like, I think dried jerky in general. If you're ever driving through, um, was it New Mexico? There's that jerky place. You see like billboards from like hundred miles out and you get to For it. jerky. And it's um and they literally have like fifty kinds of jerky there. Like alligator and alligator shit. Alligator there, yeah. Yeah, yeah. They got a lot of jerkies there. And you can also get really good honey and jam. And I forgot the name of the place, but um it's like in the middle, it's literally in the middle of nowhere. Hmm. Yeah, we've because I'm in our, the RV has spent some time in that parking lot before. Laura said, oh, I haven't thanked you for the big laugh with the buttercup reel. Twinkle toes? Oh, twinkle toes. <laughs> that was a funny one. Yeah, people like that. 
What did you say? You read Twinkle Nubs or something? No. There's even a funnier one that I'm not allowed to put up. No, you're not. Absolutely not. It was funny when... Michelle says, love the Green New Graduate program. Yeah. Margaret, hi, Jeff. I'm seriously considering getting your Green New Graduate program for both my dogs. My Ooh. Spoodle is nearly five years old and highly intelligent and has an annoying trait of resorting to barking and other bad habits when not wearing an e-collar, but Ooh. is an angel when he has it on. Ooh. Well... We, we would encourage you to get the green to graduate because it will make your life a lot easier on a lot of different fronts. Um, but as far as the, the, the dog is color wise, what you need to do is you need to make sure your dog understands the word no. So you can say the word no without the remote collar on and then bonk the dog. So what you're really trying to do is teach the dog no, a really good no. It's funny because people will say, well, just teach the dog to speak and it's only allowed to and reward it when it does that. And I'm like, how does that stop barking when you don't want to? Like, you can teach me French. I'm still going to speak English. You know, uh, it's just like, no, you correct. The, 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 all those suggestions are all because nobody wants to tell their dog no. Like that's where all this comes from. Mm-hmm. It's like anything to avoid teaching your dog a good no. Next. Michelle said, haha, I don't care because I'm pretty much like you. LOL. Thanks, mate. Mm. Indy, have you ever recommended an owner rehome their dog? Working a client right now that is afraid of their dog. It has a bite history. Oh. The dog does well in confident hands, but the owner's anxiety is an issue. Yeah. I mean, rarely over 20 years, it's probably less than six times. And it's usually because they brought it up. You know, I've never just said, you shouldn't own this dog, get rid of it. Um, but I would ask the owner, why do you want a dog that you're afraid of? That's not dog ownership. That's not the basis of a good relationship. It's actually the basis of an abusive relationship, mm-hmm. which possibly is the core of all of this. With 87% of my clients being female with the statistics out there on domestic violence, there is a component, believe it or not, there is a component of dogs doing some dangerous behaviors and owners wanting to hold on to them at their, at knowing that they might get hurt. Um, so... I would, you know, I would say to this owner, I said, why would you want to have a dog you're afraid of? Do you know how many dogs are out there right now waiting to get adopted that there's no reason to be afraid of them? And they're probably going to end up being killed if nobody takes them. Next. Um, Michelle said, yes, I hate the lying and sugarcoating bullshit for the woke unicorn rainbow fart Karen trainers. Yeah, I mean, this has been going around before woke was even a thing. Yeah. So, but I I think that a lot of well, there's first of all, there's there's even people that train very similar to how solid canine training does because we're not like this unique. Well, we are unique at the way I think we we do a full 360 degree full, you know physical and mental um, manners, behavior, training thing. I believe we have something special at the training center. But as far as a lot of the tools, techniques, and philosophy, there are many parts of it that are standard operating procedure across the board. Um, And I think that there are people out there that are doing things that are very similar, but they're trying to sugarcoat how they do them. And it's like, what are you afraid of? What, what are you afraid of? Why is it when your dog who has a known history of attacking other dogs and your dog is at the loading stage and you fully know what the loading stage is, why is it that you can't freely admit that you apply a very firm, harsh correction while the dog is loading, which means you're thinking of attacking a dog. 
why can't you just see that? Why can't you be so honest with yourself? Unless you don't know this information. But if you're working with aggressive dogs, you should know this information. Why can't you say that? Why can't you say that the best way to break up a dog fight is to choke the dog out? Why can't you say that? Why can't you say when an off-leash dog comes running at you and your dog to kick that dog as hard as you can? These aren't like, and none of this stuff is training. It's just reality. Why can't people be so, why can't you even say those things? Like when I interview somebody, one of the questions I ask is, what would you do when a dog was going after you? And if they try to sugarcoat it, I'm like, are you doing that because you think you're going to like, like freak me out? No. What the fuck would you do if a dog was coming after you? I want to know. I want to hear it. What would you do right now? A dog is attacking you. What would you do? Because I want to know if people can actually even be honest with themselves. And if they don't know, say they don't know. I'd rather you say you don't know than make it sound like you would do some kind, gentle thing. You know, so I think that that trainers are deserving being a disservice to the public by not being honest with them. And I just won't have that in my world because there's too many owners that are struggling next Rosie, how would you address a dog being food aggressive to other dogs, but not to humans? Mm. So resource guarding is resource guarding is resource guarding. So I've got a great video on resource guarding, but let's talk about this on the flip side. If, if I like to feed dogs in their kennels, but if your dog's going to eat, say your dog's eating on the floor, you know, on, on a bowl that's on the floor, and then another dog walks up to it, and the dog in question does growl, which I actually allow. That's the one, one of the many few times, many few times, one of the few times that I will allow it. And if the other dog doesn't pick up on that cue, well, I'll correct the dog that keeps approaching. It's like, which part of stay the fuck away from my food bowl don't you understand? Because I also don't want to encourage a food stealer. So if a dog though is guarding things, like there are dogs that like pick up every toy in the room and then guard them all, that's just teaching it the concept of no first and then out second. Next. Michelle, thanks to learning your bunking method, I was able to save two dogs' lives this week alone. Nice. Yeah, bonking is, um, I'm not quite sure why people struggle with the concept of saying no and then deploying a rolled up cotton towel firmly at a dog to stop it from a bad behavior to stop it from being overly aroused, to stop it from doing an aggressive behavior. I, I'm a little bit confused on that one. Mm -hmm. um, Especially when people agree with remote, like the, when those same people agree with a remote caller, but they don't agree with a towel. Right. I found it funny three years ago when this big, huge shit show, worldwide shit show came upon me with the BBC and, and the Scotland News and like, I mean, a thousand other media outlets. I mean, it was, it was, it was pretty big. It was, it was huge actually. And then every trainer jumped in on the hate, hate bandwagon. And I'm like, I never responded to these people. Um, but like you shock dogs, like I, I know who you are. And ironically, at the IACP convention this past year, they actually had a class on, how to make and use a bonker. It's like, I've been fucking doing it for years. So now it's okay. Now it has some stamp of approval on it. And Gary Wilkes has been doing it longer than me. It's like, and if you're, if you haven't done it before, well then you really can't say if it's bad or good. You actually don't know. Right. Mm. Like, how could you say, how can you have an, I guess you could have a, I can have an opinion, I guess, on, I guess I can have an opinion on things that, you know, 
okay, I, I'll just say it once. I can have an opinion on, on Roe v. Wade, and I'm not going to bring politics into this, but that's just an example. But I'm not a female, but I can still have an opinion on it. So I guess I'm saying if you haven't done it, then you shouldn't really have an opinion on it. Maybe that's quite not the right thing. But when you say something is wrong or ineffective or it's not good, but you're still doing something is even maybe possibly harsher, like using a remote collar, that's what confuses me. Mm -hmm. So you'll light up a dog at 100, but you won't throw a cotton towel at them. Which literally is painless. That's what I find really, really interesting. Even e-collars on somewhat low levels, 20s are enough to make you go, what the hell was that? It's right. It definitely gets your attention. Yeah. But so, a towel? Yeah. I don't know. Yeah, I think it's because they think it's hitting. That's where they're comparing it to hitting. It's, but a, guess, pil- it's but, a pillow fight. But even though hitting, though, there's a time and a place for using a stockyard whip on a dog. There's a time and a place for a lot of stuff. Next. Mario, my one-year-old GSC gets excited and continues to nip bite sporadically. Any way to get him to stop completely? What was it? Bite? What's bite? He gets excited and nips and mm. bites sporadically. Yeah, so I, I don't mind your dog being excited, but obviously it struggles with coping, its coping skills. So you would just say, be prepared for it. Be ready. Get the dog excited on purpose. You know, get the dog all drivey. And then if it tries to bite, no, correct. Next. 7.30. Oh, it's 7.30. Mm-hmm. Uh, okay, ask Liz. You want to answer it anymore? How many more questions are there? A lot. Is there? Yeah, we oh, didn't get through them all today. All right. Sorry, guys. We'll be back on Friday. We'll be back on a regular time on Friday at 6. Sorry. I guess why we ranted too much um, tonight. All right, guys. Love you so much. And um, I, I can talk all night, but I've got to actually run dogs on the bike um, before it downpours. All right. Love you guys. I care about all of you and um, talk to you guys later. Bye. Bye.